0: Let us uh, now receive this morning's special song sung by Melinda, Praise Before My Breakthrough.
1: When I'm stepping on the sea I know you take my hand Came in power, He will come again. He who heals the sick, He will move again. He who raised the dead on He raised
0: Wow. Man, that just that brings tears to my eyes. It's just, I don't know you. Let's give thanks to Melinda for that gift of beautiful singing. Praise before my breakthrough. Indeed, uh, knowing we are loved by God, that we have been uh, chosen to do good works to bring heaven onto earth, that the, that the Lord is with us and, and walks with us, let us. Let us give praise before our breakthroughs in life. Even though, and and I've got to stress this, we may not know the impact or the outcome of our life's work. And I phrase it this way uh, for the artist whom we're going to center upon for today's third message in our Art Plus Faith series. Well, he was complicated. Uh, struggling with life, and he dealt with years of mental illness and depression and poverty. And though praiseworthy his breakthroughs, they didn't bring about success in his then and now. It was only later, uh, posthumously, when he was uh, recognized as one of the most famous and uh, most influential figures in the history of Western art. And this artist was none other than Vincent van Gogh. Uh, the, the mention of Van Gogh will certainly bring up conversations of his works uh, in which he completed. It's amazing to think about it, that in a, just over a decade's time, a thousand drawings, over 900 paintings, and, and just more, uh, things like landscapes and still lifes, portraits and self-portraits, uh, characterized for the most part, oh, it's just, just these, these bright, bold colors and, and short, expressive brushwork. Or uh, the conversation may be about that only one painting, one painting was officially recorded as being sold while he was alive. Uh, Typically though, you know, the go-to when Van Gogh's name is mentioned is how he cut off his left ear, uh, which in reality, it was only part of his earlobe. Or sadly, uh, the conversation may uh, lend itself and go over in the direction that he committed suicide. Well, today, as we focus on Van Gogh, who was he? What what released within him to become the artist, putting forth the gift God had given him? And as we seek out the sacred with Van Gogh, how how that is relatable in our our own lives, the struggling, the wanting without getting now results, uh, the times our mental and emotional, physical and spiritual well-being are affected. What do we do? And what does God have to say? In in the early part of Vincent's life, he wanted to sow the words of the Bible to the poor and working-class people. Uh, He was destined to follow in his father's vocational footsteps as a pastor, uh, and thereby he sought a theological education. But Vincent's temperament, and boy, you talk about somebody that had zeal, it distanced him from the religious establishment and and maybe... That's why the school that he attended assigned him more as a concession than a commission to be a lay evangelist in an impoverished coal mining town that was in southern Belgium. Now, I want you to get this, though. Up to this point in his life, now he was age 25. Vincent, at the age of 25, had already been an art dealer, language teacher, and bookseller, and so you can just sense already angst in the search of his for fulfillment, for his, his call. Well, upon arrival to the coal fields, Vincent wrote in, in one of his letters, and he wrote so many letters to his younger brother, Theo, uh, it's a somber place. And at first sight, everything about it has something dismal and deathly about it. The workers are people emaciated and pale, owing to fever, who looked exhausted and haggard, uh, weather-beaten and prematurely old. And the, gen, uh, the women generally sallow and, and withered. So living among the miners and families, Vincent, what he decided to do was he decided to share in their poverty. This man chose to sleep on the floor, and what he did was he gave away his possessions. He was so dedicated in his care of these people that it earned him the nickname, the Christ of the coal mine. And every Sunday, they overflowed Vincent's worship services. In in another of his letters to Theo, he wrote, I should be very happy if someday I could draw them so that these unknown or little-known types would be brought before the eyes of the people. And that's exactly what he started to do. But then, well, (laughs) everything fell apart when a visiting church official discovered how Vincent was living, how he dressed an old uh, soldier's coat and and wore trousers made of sackcloth. And that uh, that church official told Vincent that he looked shabbier than the people he taught. And when he found out Vincent was giving his salary to the miners, he was infuriated. And so when he asked, he asked Vincent uh, uh, why he gave everything away. And Van Gogh said, well, it's what Jesus taught. And that church official went off, went off on Vincent saying, there is such a thing as too literally interpreting the scriptures. And that's when he then told the young man, get this, that the conventions he had to dare destroy would take years for the next minister to rebuild. And with that, at the age of 27, Vincent was dismissed as pastor and told to move on, move on to something else. And it was then, it was right then and there, Vincent became convinced he could also serve God in a different way as an artist. And what he did was he considered this opportunity as a rebirth, a resurrection. And it's his words, in spite of everything, I shall rise again. Nonetheless, Even in that call that he heard and he knew deep down inside, as Van Gogh worked out his artistic style, no one, no one seemed to understand what this impassioned artist was trying to say. It was as if it were a foreign language to them. And through years of rejection, loneliness, and depression, Vincent's mental state deteriorated. And so did the state of his spiritual life. I'm going to stop at this point because I I wanna briefly touch on this aspect of mental health. Um, The COVID-19 pandemic now with the Delta variant and a couple of other variants out there has caused, goodness gracious, it's caused such a turmoil an upheaval in the lives of way too many in our world, especially young adults and the elderly. And personally, I've witnessed the adverse effects of isolation and uh, in regard to my mother, Whose, whose health and well being have declined due to inactivity and everything, everything has changed around her. Uh, a recent survey conducted by the CDC showed 63% of 18 to 24 year olds have reported symptoms of anxiety or depression. 63%. And 25% reporting an increased substance use to deal with that stress. And 25% saying they had seriously considered suicide. Dr. Shakar uh, Saxian of the uh, Harvard School of Public Health believes that 10% of these adults will have long lasting effects from mental health issues they're currently dealing with. We don't have to go very far back, July 27th. 24 year gymnast, 24 year old gymnast, uh, Simone Biles, she's widely regarded as the goat of gymnasts, right? The greatest of all time. Well, she pulled out of the women's team gymnastics final at the Tokyo Olympics, citing mental health issues that kept her from safely performing complicated and daring routines. And after missing several events, Biles returned to the competition. And I'm saying this when she was ready to do so for the balance beam final and she won the bronze medal. And, and before Biles, there was tennis star Naomi uh, Osaka stepping away to protect her mental health. And you know, for all the flack they got, because they got a lot, I'll say let's applaud and give thanks to Simone for doing something courageous. Some might say even revolutionary. She, she stepped back in the limelight to take care of herself, later stating, I am more than my medals. Let's applaud and give thanks to Naomi for saying it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to talk about it. You know, this this move may have been about and, and for themselves, but it's a huge step for every one of us. Yet, there, friends, there are still issues around getting help for one's mental health. For instance, one in three, one in three Black people experiencing mental health problems ever get appropriate treatment. Men, men can also feel stigma around mental health issues, making them less likely than women to get help. S- seeing a professional counselor when one is struggling, it's important. And that's a stigma that's, that must be overcome. God gave us medical professionals to help with our healing and wholeness. However, how does someone pay for that? Health insurance with the lack thereof? and that lack has likely risen during the pandemic. Even even with insurance, therapy can be unaffordable and therapists difficult to find. And moreover, the country needs more culturally competent therapists who understand the needs of people from historically marginalized groups, from black Americans to LGBTQI plus people. And in addition, face it, we don't have the mental health infrastructure to support people. Who will go through the psychological ramifications of the pandemic and the horrors of the last year and what we're going through now? The, the inequalities have massively expanded. And here, here, friends, this is where our collective voices must be heard, to to care for one another. We are called to care for one another, to to get assistance needed for our well-being, to to rally and direct our concerns to those in leadership and positions to make necessary changes for the better of one and all. Amen? Now, look, there are are healthy ways to cope with stress, such as, uh, easily enough, disconnect from social media (laughs) or... Taking care of your body, uh, like meditation with uh, Rev. Jefferson, uh, exercising regularly, eat healthy, eat healthy, well-balanced meals, uh, get plenty of sleep, and I'm going to throw in get the COVID-19 vaccination as you're able. How about taking time to unwind, sort of like Viviana said earlier today, taking time to unwind and just do activities you enjoy and help you relax. Another way for taking care of yourself is connect with others. Talking with those you trust about your concerns and and how you're feeling. Or connecting with your community or faith-based organizations. And as people of faith, we should, we must turn to God for strength and support. Uh, I wanna refer back to scripture. I wanna refer back to scripture from Isaiah chapter 41. But I also wanna say in chapters 40 through 50, these were written to the Israelite exiles in Babylon during one of the darkest moments in their history. And is it, I gotta ask, is it any wonder that they started questioning if God had forsaken and abandoned them? I mean, (laughs) think about it. Do you think they were dealing with depression, anxiety, feelings of hopelessness? Into that context, God speaks through the prophet Isaiah, but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Do not fear for i am with you do not be afraid for i am your god i will strengthen you i will help you i will uphold you with my victorious right hand god tells them god tells them how much they are cared for reassuring them they are not alone just like we we are reassured as well that we are not alone god is with us. You know, it, it might even be prudent that we take that to our math, uh, bathroom mirror, the part that says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Thanks be to God. Amen. Okay. I'm going to now segue back to Vincent van Gogh. as. Unfortunately his anguish and his despair drew darker and more turbulent and so on May 8th of 1889 the, this ailing artist what he did was he self-admitted himself into an asylum uh, to take care of himself just and it was uh, just a few miles from Arles France and while there amazingly this uh, new serenity it washed over him and he what he was able to do was set up a studio, giving him direct access to the garden area. And with Vincent, he, he looked over uh, and out on this countryside with his uh, sun-washed fields, and then he started to paint again. And get this, this is, it, it's just wild that in just a year, one year period, he churned out around 150 paintings Get that, that was almost like one per two days, every two days, that's on average. And some of his most famous paintings included uh, one of dozens of wheat fields. And this is one that caught my eye when I was in Amsterdam at the Van Gogh Museum, it's called Wheat Field Under Thunderclouds. And you can see uh, when you're up close, you can see these, these, his bold colors. And they're in ex- such expressive, bold, uh, uh, broad paint strokes. And but what happens is when you you're, you back away from it, and you take it all in, it, it's it's just it's just breathtaking. And a- another painting at the museum that really moved me was uh, Wheat Field with Crows. And and here Van Gogh used powerful cumber, uh, color combinations. As you can see, with the wheat fields under stormy skies, and what this did was, he was expressing what he was feeling at that time: sadness and extreme loneliness. Uh, there's irises. Irises is, is such a beautiful work, and this happened during this time frame. And what he did was, he used a, a very calming color, a uh, violet. And this particular painting rests in the J. Uh, Paul uh, Getty Museum in Malibu. And then there's this masterpiece, The Starry Night. Since Vincent was unable to venture out of the asylum after dark to paint, what was created came completely from his imagination. And all of it added up to this magnificent work of art. And with all of these elements that there's the cypress tree and townscape, hills, horizon, All of this was secured in his imagination. Vincent's brush, it launched into the sky and he he was unconstrained by sketches. And what it did was his eye was free to meditate on the light. The fathomless, ever comforting light in the night. And what he was only guided by his feeling and instinct. He painted a night sky unlike any the world had ever seen with ordinary eyes. It's this kaleidoscope of pulsating beacons and whirlpools of stars, radiant clouds, and a moon that, that shone as brightly as any sun. It's, a, it's just a fireworks of cosmic light and energy, and it was only visible in Vincent's head. And when I, when I see this painting, it reminds me of two verses from Psalm 139. If I say... Surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night. Well, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Sad to say, Vincent's uh, euphoric image of a swirling, unhinged cosmos signaled that his fragile defenses could barely withstand uh, the threats that lurked everywhere in his own thoughts. And so on July 29th, 1890, uh, at the age of 37, his life ended due to a self-inflicted gunshot. Uh, Van Gogh once said, Christ is more of an artist than the artists. He works in the living spirit and the living flesh. He makes men instead of statues. Like Vincent, Jesus drew our attention to a sower in a field. Birds of the air, flowers of the field, faces of the poor. Like Vincent, Jesus has eyes that know the darkness in our souls. Unlike Vincent, Jesus died from wounds inflicted by others. Unlike Vincent, whose last days were filled with despair on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he encouraged his disciples to not let their hearts be troubled, that he was going to prepare a place for them and for us. And even in the pain of his own cross, Jesus uplifted a thief with the hope of eternity. And even in his forsakenness, Jesus entrusted his spirit into God's hands. Nevertheless, in the like and the unlike, both of these artists, Jesus and Van Gogh, were criticized by the passerbys of this world. Those who looked at the pictures they created and then walked away. What happens, though? What happens, though, when we look at the pictures of their lives with the right eyes, eyes that see? eyes that listen, tapping into the eyes of our heart, do we then glimpse at something deep within our soul? C.S. Lewis uh, was quoted with, we sit down before a picture in order to have something done to us, not that we may do things with it. The first demand of any work of art makes upon us is surrender. Look, listen, receive. Let us remember, friends, no matter how dark the night may be, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Thanks be to God for the life and the works of Vincent van Gogh. And thanks be to God for Jesus, the light of the world, who has come into a world that is filled with darkness, but that darkness can't and will never overcome the light. Amen? Amen. Thank you, friends, so much for being and connecting with us on this day. Uh, We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday when Pastor Variety wraps up our online Art Plus Faith uh, series, Uh, and so that'll be at 10.30 a.m. via Zoom and on Facebook Live, and at this time we're going to segue, we'll segue over to our question of the day for those who are on Zoom, and uh, each of us, let's enjoy this day. Let us give praise to Jesus, who is the light of the world. Let us give praise uh, to God for the blessings. And uh, may you enjoy this day
1: uh, and give you peace. Amen.